What's up guys, Four Quarters here. We're back with another episode. As always, I am one of your hosts, Ray. You can find me on Twitter at Rayvon Hackshaw. I'm joined with, uh, it's a three-man weave today. My friend Peter, co-host, Bucket since 88. How you been doing? Pretty good. I mean, it, it rained literally every single day this week here, but uh, maybe we can transfer that over the podcast, you know, make it rain a little bit here. It doesn't rain every day in Louisiana? Not every day, but this this was a rain-heavy week. Okay. You know, funny enough, rain-heavy week here in uh, Denver as well. It's been hey, you unusual. Guys yeah, fortunate. I mean, I'm pretty happy. Uh, I spent a lot of time outside, so, um, you know, rain is nice. Water is nice. Um, and we are joined by a fresh guest, Evan J. Hey, what's going on, guys? Kansas fan. That's How me. you doing? Kansas uh, super fan. Yeah, absolutely. You can find him on Twitter at EJ303. If he leaves any terrible takes, that's where you can find him. Uh, <laughs> same with all of us. And if you want to, uh, if you have any feedback, any comments, anything you want to hear from us uh, as far as topics, you can find us at Four Corner Pod. Um, if you even have an idea for the show or maybe you want to come on the show, you know, our DMs are open. So, uh, the first thing off we want to touch on, uh, Evan, you being kind of new to the podcast, is we kind of want to hear about you and, and tell us about your background as a basketball fan, as an NBA fan, as a college fan, as a human being. All right. Well, I grew up in Colorado. Um, nice. Was never a huge Nuggets fan because they were terrible. I was into CU, though, at the time. I remember going to CU games, and that was probably like the – initial love of basketball i remember i played at the halftime and it was exciting and i loved it and then basketball is just fun so i grew up playing all the time me and pete went to the same high school so we played uh together so you know hoops like he's through the roof yeah we played together for years um (laughs) i fell in love with in middle school i think that age 10 to 12 13 is when you really like get your formative favorite players yada yada yeah so yeah you like learn Mike Bibby, like Kirk Heinrich these are the two that basically defined why I love basketball and how I wanted to play I wanted to be a point guard who could score a little set people up kind of do both and are you tall so, uh I'm six foot six one with shoes so I'm not like on a human scale, you know, you're tall. Yeah, I'm not short, but I'm not tall for sure. I was okay. always short. And then like I was really short up until sophomore year of high school when I went from Girl's like five two to like six feet. Yeah. Yo, that's crazy. That sounds painful. <laughs> it was. Yeah, my shin splints were brutal, man. But yeah, it was no, worth I it. Also, it was worth it. I also had shin splints in high school and they were no, it wasn't fun. Track was not fun. Growing mm-hmm. was not fun. Driving was not fun, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I have to ask, before we get too deep into it, Peter, Evan, one-on-one, games to 11, twos and ones, who wins? Probably Pete would beat me mo- more times than I'd beat him probably back in the day. He's a little bigger than me, a little stronger than me. Peter, is, is he just being humble? I was quicker than him, but, yeah, I think he was – his one-on-one skills – Wow. That was definitely a very, up there. very, very flattering, Evan. I would definitely say that uh, if I was in a good mood that day, yeah, I think you're accurate. But this is when I show up. So, um, can you hear him, Peter? You're breaking up. 
Peter, we're losing you. I don't know if you're you're intentionally doing this to avoid talking about how you might <laughs> lose to Evan in one on one, but I'm you better are, at a team environment. He's a better oh, okay. player. That's how I would gotcha. describe it. Gotcha. That's fair. Um, yeah, well, probably fair. Neither of us are very good. Oh, well, all of a sudden you're back. Now that we've resolved the conversation, and we can hear you loud and clear. I don't. I don't know what happened. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, insignificant. Like, if, if me and Evan were playing one-on-one, the other kids aren't stopping to watch. Nah. Okay, that's fair. Um, all right, well, we want to just kind of roll on into our topic today. Number one, um, I just kind of wanted to take a second to actually talk about uh, Bill Russell, who passed away recently, and kind of just give him a shout-out as, as someone who I saw, you know, yes, he played for the Celtics, Yes, I hate all New England sports. They're not humble. Their fans are not humble. And uh, they don't know suffering. But at the same time, you know, Bill himself, 11 championships, eight straight, one of the greatest defenders of all time, one of the hardest working players of all time. You know, I really respected him as someone who, you know, I'm sure he had the talent to score more than he did. You know, he averaged 15 points a game for his career. But, you know, he also averaged 23 rebounds for his career. And I, I just have to give a lot of credit to that as someone who, you know, was willing to put the team first and foremost above his own success. And, and uh, you know, people talk a lot about players like, um, you know, Bob Cousy and, and players like that, who I, I think, you know, probably wouldn't be the big names that they are if not for, you know, Bill Russell and, and, and also to think about just, like, who he's in competition with. I mean, can you imagine just, like, a Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell? I mean, that's, like, the most hype game I could imagine. I mean, that's, like, LeBron and Jordan going at it at the same time. Uh, if they could have played together, I think about it on those sorts of terms. So I, I want to going to give him a quick shout-out, you know. Uh, and, and I don't know if you guys had anything you wanted to add. or, or I mean, obviously, none of us watched him play live or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I have but, a little something i actually just listened to uh bill simmons put out his like replay pod of the bill russell podcast and yeah just uh, obviously on court he was incredible best winner in team sports history and beyond that though off the court he was an icon and a revolutionary in terms of kind of like muhammad ali and jim brown and these um players who in the 60s, 70s stood up against racial discrimination for human rights, marched with Martin Luther King. And I just think that's something that shouldn't be forgotten as well. For sure. Because he used that platform. You don't forget, get, you know, it's, he I, said, don't think I forget it's... the quote exactly, but he said like, Jackie Robinson took it from A to B and I need to take it from point B to C. And he, yeah, that's no. how he kind of looked at it. So that was cool. I have a lot of respect for that, for sure, because, I mean, we live in an era now where everything is kind of publicized in a way where, like, every statement, every, um, you know, everything is kind of put through this filter of PR in this sense, where they were kind of doing it in an era where you may or may not even get talked about. You may or may not be acknowledged. You may or may not be Like, you're risking getting jumped, like... right. And, and you might not show up in the newspaper or not. Mm-hmm. Um, people might not read the newspaper. I think he was not, the first versus... player coach too, Bill Russell. 
So just yeah. icon. Underrated. Will forever be underrated. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um so before yeah. I mean I think uh you know when you look back in NBA history, it's always cool to see the guys that were there sort of at the beginning. I mean mm -hmm. I can't really name many guys before Russell. I mean, obviously, George Mikan had his run. He's got literally a drill named after him. I had to do it. So he'll kind of always live on in basketball. <laughs> and then, yeah, then Bill Russell was like kind of the guy of the next era. And it's just cool because, like, you mentioned the stats, right? The, store, the scoring isn't crazy, but the rebounding is insane. And obviously, it's a different era. And, you and know, it's a game as a big yeah. man in that era. So, you know, not a bad right. basketball. And, and I always like to appreciate basketball and sports in general for each era and how they were different. I think it's okay. I, I don't think we always have to pick apart like, oh, the shooting wasn't this, you know, the technology, for the sure. sneakers weren't this, weren't that. You know, for the time he was in, he was a dominant player and he helped pave the way um, for a lot of things on and off the court. And I just think it's cool that you have this guy who was – as big and as physical and as talented as he was. And the thing he cared about most was winning because I don't know if you guys have read Bill Simmons book, but he did like a whole chapter on Russell versus Chamberlain mm -hmm. and why Russell was better, you know, cause he beat him basically every year. And uh, I just think it's cool that there's also, that there's a player in history that's like that where his stats other than rebounding aren't crazy, but he was crazy good at winning. And so I think it's cool that some players can look back and say, you know what? I don't need to be the leading scorer of my generation. Maybe I can try to be a super good team guy. And I think there's, uh, you know, Tim Duncan kind of reminds me of that, where it's like he's not this super boisterous personality that's trying to lead Sports Center and you know, have all these commercials. He just wanted to win. It's so, kind of like Jokic, too. I feel like yeah. Jokic has some of that. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting because I kind of see it as like these are guys who have the ego to be willing yeah. to will their teams to victory, but at the same time also have the humility to not make it all about themselves. And I think that having both of those things at the same time is just really unique, I think, in life, you know. Yeah, and I think I just want to be clear. I don't think that either way is wrong like i'm i love michael jordan he's the reason i got into basketball but i just think it's cool that there's different players throughout history that have shown that it's okay to do it a different way yeah for sure for sure um so uh, i think after that we'll take a little bit of break and then we'll be right back to talk about the latest uh developments unfortunately in the nugget sphere back so and other unfortunate news recently colin gillespie uh two-way signee for the denver nuggets and going to the 2022-23 roster year unfortunately i mean i want to be accurate about this he has a fractured leg is yes. that correct yeah uh in his right leg and unfortunately it was uh, a situation where he's playing some pickup and someone uh, coming up from behind him, kind of in that sort of, uh, I'm going to sneak at least steal the ball from you way, uh, dove at one of, I mean, I mean, I'm assuming they dove at the ball. 
Uh, like I assume it wasn't intentionally malicious, but they dove with the ball and took out his knee along with it. And uh, here we are. So before we kind of talk about the implications of that, I just wanted to, I mean, touch on the human aspect of it in terms of, you know, this is a guy who, um, this is a big opportunity for him, or at least it, it was going into this and he'd been making the most of it for the most part. And it's really unfortunate to hear, to see, you know, to watch that kind of crumble beneath him. Um, I, I mean, I almost want to apologize as if I did something, but like, I mean, obviously that's not, that's not the case, but at the same time, you know, I mean, I can't help but feel for him. Um, not, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else I, I can say to, to that, to that extent. I mean, first, I mean, I guess the first thing I'll, Pete, I'll ask you this is, do you, um, I mean, I think you have more familiarity with him than I do with, with his history. Uh, so what I'll ask is how equipped do you feel he is to sort of come back from this from like a mental side, from a physical side, you know? Yeah. Um, I definitely think he's mentally tough because he was able to come back from a torn ACL already that he suffered in college. Uh, hmm. the one, the one tough thing though is, you know, when you have multiple major injuries, it can get pretty draining, uh, I've torn both my ACLs. Uh, I did still manage to rehab the second one and play basketball again. Obviously not at the NBA level. Can't confirm. We um, have played basketball. Yeah. But uh, and it just sucks, man. I mean, no matter who you are, no matter where you are in your life, like if you break your leg, you can't do like regular everyday things for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure he's got a good support system there. Uh that'll help him through this, but this definitely makes the chances of him becoming a good NBA player even more difficult because if I remember correctly, the Nuggets gave him the two-way deal before summer league. So they definitely believe in him already, which is yeah. good. And then I thought he had a pretty solid showing, but if, if I'm just thinking about other players that have broken their leg, you know, first one that comes to mind is Paul George, right? And mm -hmm. he had the unfortunate leg injury playing for the Olympic team. Oh. And uh, when he eventually came back, he was not good. He was like legitimately bad for a while to wear the rust off. Now he's Paul George. So he was already good enough to be an Olympic basketball player for USA. Mm -hmm. And then he eventually over time was able to get it back. Tom Gillespie isn't being drafted to be Paul George. He's being drafted to be Monte Morris, essentially. You know, he's already undersized, and he's was most likely going to be in the G League this year, you know, running that team, being a backup guard. And so now you wonder, you know, if he makes it all the way back, will that spot still be there for him? Um, I just want to make uh, share one story real quick. Uh, Evan, I don't know if you remember... Uh, our friend Trevor played for our rival high school. Uh, I'm not yeah, going to shout him out. Yeah. Sorry, he was like the that. best basketball player uh, so in our area growing up and uh, like played varsity as a freshman. And then sophomore year, he broke his leg. And oh. 
derailed his basketball career for a while. He was like pretty much on track to be a D1 basketball player. And he eventually played again and he played well. But I know that that was mentally and physically draining on him. And he was never able to regain quite the same amount of burst and tenacity that he had before and ended up not playing uh, Division I. So it, he wasn't it, even on the team when I was a senior. Like he didn't even play, I don't think. Yeah, so it, it's really difficult because injuries really can derail your career. And I'm not saying that Colin's career is over by any stretch, but this is a major hurdle. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we don't know what the Nuggets are going to do now. Um, but we know that he's a smart kid, you know, went to college for five years you know, played on a really good team, high basketball IQ. So all the character stuff indicates like, oh, he realizes this setback, but he's eager to, you know, get to it and get his NBA career started because he's still got a lot to prove. So I I think that it's, if they want him in the fold, we'll give him the opportunity. But at the same time, they got to do what's best for the Nuggets. Evan, have you? Uh, do you do you have? Have you ever been through something like that? Through, like through? I mean, I know for me, I the worst injury I've had is like a high ankle sprain, which I mean, it wasn't good. I had a hard time jumping and stuff for a while, but mm-hmm. it was anything anything like uh, like a full break or anything like that. That's basically. I mean, I I did break my ankle uh, at the end of sophomore year. I was born with a club foot too, so I've always had just terrible. Especially my right leg was a club foot, so I was just terrible. Okay high ankle, high arch, all that. So I rolled my ankle. And then, yeah, sophomore year, I snapped it. And it it took me out for a while. And at the time, I was, you know, you're thinking, I'm about to push on. I'm going to try to push for varsity as a junior, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And you just can't play forever. And then you come back, and it's just, you think about it. You know, when you drive down the lane, like, People could say, "Oh, I'm good," but I, I still think about it to this day. It's like why I don't play a lot of pickup hoops because that risk is right there, and I'm even yeah. more vulnerable to it because of that. So, yeah, it, before that, I was fearless, never got hurt, would never questioned anything, and then afterwards, I was always a little hesitant. I yeah, before the before the injury, Evan had that dog in him. I was ferocious. No, no longer has that dog in him. Oh, that's, I, <laughs> I had it. I, yeah, I don't know. It 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 totally did. It left. totally changed my mentality towards like driving to the hole specifically. But no, I, I get it though because you have to like. I almost feel like you have to forget that it ever happened. You yeah, know, I mean, for if I was be... making you know two million dollars, <laughs> I would have no problem going right back at it. But yeah, when yeah. I'm just trying to get to college. When you're trying to be a regular person, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you don't have the, the um, you know, for example, I'm sure Michael Porter has like medical uh, insurance, not just not just health insurance, but like yeah, contingency yeah, yeah. Like, insurance upon his he has own. Like hundred like, million insurance policy on his back. For sure. Yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, because it's worth it for him, and we don't have mm-hmm. those things. And but I mean, hopefully. Uh, I mean, for Colin, uh, to get back to him, I mean, I, hopefully he has the support of the team, you know, hopefully um, whether he's on the team or not, 
you know, hopefully they allow him to, you know, work out there if he needs to, if he wants to rehab in Denver, you know, if he wants to work with a team. And I I can't say that I, I think they should promise him anything because nothing is promised. Everything is going to be something that he's going to have to earn uh, when it comes to roster spots or rotation minutes or what have you, you know, that's, that's, that's sports. But for his future, you know, I, I hope that he... Uh, has still still has that that kind of backing. I hope they pay him. You know, can can they find a way to? I, I'm not I'm not saying do something illegal. Uh, I mean, it's going to come Kronke, down. to prove himself in the G League. If he can, you know, he's going to help him invest in Elitches or something. Because <laughs> I you know I just just take care of him. That that's that's all I will say. We're rooting for him. Yeah, uh, but that said. Do you think, uh, Evan, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Do you think he stays? I mean, do you think he uh, keeps that roster spot? Uh, probably not, at least not for the immediate future. Um, the one thing is, I mean, he can play similar to how he was before because he's more of a controlled, skilled, less athletic player. He doesn't rely on that as much. He's more of a... Get the team in the right position. I'm ready to hit a spot up shot and Mm -hmm. kind of that player. So it's not like John Morant broke his leg. So there's that, but I don't see him having a spot. He's going to have to come back, prove it in the G League. And yeah, that'll be that's hard enough. I would doubt it. That's fair. That's that's a great point, though, Evan, because when I think about player skill sets after like a major injury, the fact that Colin's already a good shooter. I think really helps him because if you look at the era we're in, like shooting is paramount. Everybody's looking mm-hmm. for it. And even though, yes, we all know that your legs is where your shot starts. I don't think a leg injury is going to mess with his form. So it's not like we just got an injury from a guy who's like this prospect and needs to work on a bunch of stuff. Like this would have been a lot worse. Yeah. It would have been a lot worse if Watson got hurt. Cause now you're delaying development. Whereas with Gillespie, you kind of already know like what he's good at and what he's not good at. So yeah. while it's not good, like I totally have the confidence that once his leg is healed, yeah, he's not going to forget how to be a smart basketball player and he's not going to forget how to shoot. So I'm I'm still bullish on him coming back and being the player he was. Mm-hmm. I, I sure. tend to agree. I mean, he you might he might lose a little bit of that quickness, that burst, that first step which I think, I mean, it's important, especially at the guard spot. But at the same time, I mean, if his shot is as consistent as it was, uh, just based on what I already saw, you know, and his ability and willingness to kind of pull up anytime teams are like going under him, I think that is the kind of thing that you can leverage to then turn around and be able to get at least into the mid-range, get into the paint when he chooses to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and, you know, that's that won't stop him from, doing other kinds of he's not that small either i'm not sure how big he is exactly but i feel like he played pretty big and physical for his position like a little chauncey ish like he would back someone down from half court to get into position he's it's not like uh knows how to use his body like steph curry where he looks like he's really thin and out there where he has to use skills to get to where he wants he can just kind of mark jackson it something like that to in the in the direct comparison to Monte Morris, I feel like he just already like kind of came into the league like ten to twelve pounds heavier. 
Yeah. And, and, and most of it looked like it's just muscle. And I think that, you know, that matters a lot in terms of your ability to finish at the rim and take contact yeah. and that sort of thing. So that, that's going to be useful. Um, to talk about the team at large and what they're going to do now that he's not in the sort of picture for this coming season, I, um, I kind of have this concern, I guess, is, is the first thing, is that where the Nuggets are not necessarily thin at guard specifically, where I think they just don't have guards, like they have Jamal Murray, they have Bones Island, they have, you know, four different shooting guard options. Uh, one of them, you know, who, who varying levels of playmaking ability. But do they have a, like, how many floor generals do they have is something that I think about a lot. Why that makes sense with the start, right? I mean, they, I mean, I, Nikola Jokic <laughs> took the words there right out of my mouth, basically. Where Jokic is kind of that guy, he's the fulcrum with the starters, and Jamal kind of can supplement that, you know, doing a little bit of playmaking here and there. And mm-hmm. that that seems fine for the starters, but as, when you start talking about, you know, who's coming off the bench, even in the cases where it's Ish Smith. Or Bones Highland. I mean, I think about this. Bones, there's a lot of pressure on him now. You know, I don't think we really have another option. Yes, Ishmith can play, but I almost feel like he's just another scorer more than anything. I like Bones a lot, though. I do, too. He's you know, a good backup point guard. I don't have any doubts that he um, can step up to the plate. I'm just the margin for error. I'll put it that sure. way, feels a lot smaller in terms of if he does roll an ankle, if he does struggle a little bit, if his shot leaves him for a few weeks. Yeah, he's I, not I that mean, floor general like you were saying either. He's the modern he's point not, scorer. He's, so. Yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll say this, Pete. What about Vasilev Micic? Does that does this make that more likely? I know he's not exactly affordable for Denver. No, it's um, not. But he's also gonna, unsigned. The math doesn't work though. He's isn't he still the Thunder have his rights, so they'd have they us do. over a barrel again. And I, I'm tired of making deals with Thunder. So what about Composite? <laughs> no, no, oh god, oh he's I'm, he's I'm banned. Done. His I'm name's done. banned from this podcast. But uh, I I wanted to make a point about Bones real quick, though, since you guys brought him up. The thing I like about Bones is. Obviously, he's really good, but I don't think he has this gear where he's, like, full steam ahead and just trying to bully people and, like, get to the rim at all costs. He can get to the rim. He's quick. But he doesn't have, like, a reckless style the way John Moran mm-hmm. does and the way Derek Rose did, right? Oh, yeah. So, right. so he, I was a little bit worried that he had, you know, the ankle injuries here and there last year, but it looks like he's been getting in the gym, getting stronger. And I think he's he's also elite elite back muscles. He's gaining IQ as he goes. So I think that with bringing Porter back this year and hopefully him staggering, there's actually to me less pressure on Bones to do everything, right? Like he's mm-hmm. still going to have the ball, but I don't think he needs to play like a balls to the wall style. He needs to know that like, hey, I need to be available for the team this year. Yeah, and just kind of run the system, whatever system they install. That right. as long as he's just kind of. I kind of want him to just do what he did last year, just to be healthy. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever he did last year was pretty good, you know. For and sure. 
it could even be better. You know, I think okay. he could be he could shoot a better percentage. I don't think he shot. I mean, he had some impressive shots, a lot of impressive shots, but I also don't think he was the most efficient. And I think that's something you know he can improve on. Uh, his form, get to like a Tyrese Maxey style, something like that. Maybe I don't know. I don't know what player ceilings are so hard to judge. Oh yeah, for sure. He, I did see a stat though, right? He was the most efficient deep three shooter last year in the whole league. <laughs> I, I believe that. Sad. I do believe that. Uh, I mean, he just yeah he he sets his feet right next to each other, <laughs> and that's not bomb. what you would buy. But you know <laughs> yeah he he bombing away, and I think that that just creates a lot not just for himself but just making one of those a game, right. you know gives him so much gravity yeah and not just the crowd but i think other players more so than like having a high field goal percentage or high three-point percentage they emotionally mentally emotionally feel that and are more going to be eager to respect it by like trying to get out on him and he's going to be able to take advantage of that and create for himself and hopefully for others so uh still high on him i mean it definitely improves his like six man of the year odds uh, and maybe he can even do it as someone who's not just only scoring and someone who kind of has a decent assist numbers as well. But um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's a, I don't want to say it's an opportunity for him and yeah. hopefully he steps up to the plate. Yeah. Cause Gillespie could have pushed him that could, you know, that could have been a competition at some point if Gillespie was healthy. I mean, you're looking at a backup point guard. So it's like, what do you want? Depends. Yeah. But I mean, sure. I was ready to, play Colin over Ishmith. That's just just yeah, that's just my predisposition. I haven't seen them both play at the NBA level uh, on the Nuggets, but that was just my predisposition at the time. Um, one more thing I'll throw to you, Evan, is how do you feel about Bruce Brown at point guard? It's kind of something that, that's been talked about as something that's been maybe a thing, but I'm no, also no, skeptical no, 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 because no, 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 no. I've seen people say Bruce Brown can play point guard. I've seen people say Bruce Brown can play center. And I'm like, these things... I'd rather play things, center. I don't know if these things can both be true. I know he's 6'4", but he's not a point guard. You can't be my size and play center. <laughs> no. That's just, I mean, Draymond uh, Green's like two inches taller than him. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a center. I'm saying he's a yeah, small no, forward, I, I forward nuisance who can like... Who can, I don't know. A, I just don't want He's a good screener. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, point guard that, is a no-go for that one. Interesting. It, my my interesting. opinion. That's, no, that's fair. I mean, Pete, are you are you more in and less in on on him playing the point guard spot, or are you not even the point guard spot, but like being the like initiator of the offense? So I guess I would have to see the lineup, but I would assume that this is in a scenario where Malone had to pull bones for defense, and so he's got to put Brown like, point guard. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I, mean, it, I, I think that, or I think it's like. Ishmith and then Bruce and Davon Reed or something like that. I could see where, where he could be like the point guard in quotes, but the initiator. Like you still have just Jokic being your point guard, and he just kind of that's really what all plays the around come back to. Yeah, yeah. As long as Jokic is on the floor, that changes everything. But as far as second unit, I pretty much want Bones running it. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Fair. Or Jamal stagger him. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I I don't I'm not saying I'm opposed to staggering. Sometimes I feel like it doesn't do the thing we want it to do. Like there there have been cases where Jamal's been playing with the bench and like they're they're like okay, they're not as terrible, but like they're not good. <laughs> well he had to like save uh, the bench a couple of years ago, so I understand yeah. why they did it. 
He loves that. He's I, just like, I'm firing away, coach. I don't want to. I'm sure he does. It's fun for him. He loves, you know, double pivot, reverse fadeaways in the mid range. But uh, I hope, I mean, my optimism for this year is that the bench can find a unit that is just genuinely functional. And that not, being said, I love Bruce Bound on the team. I think it's a great signing. I just don't want to play a point. Absolutely. Um, but just that hopefully they can keep it together in such a way that like the starters can be the starters and, uh, and it, that enables them to kind of be the best version of themselves um, mm-hmm. and that the bench can be not terrible <laughs> and that they don't need to be saved. But we'll see. Uh, and, and so, I mean, anything you else wanted to add as far as the, the Colin situation, as far as, you know, maybe he, Still I don't know what the future better. holds for him, but yeah, yeah we all just hope he, hope he gets better. Um, so, hope he finds his way to the league. Kansas, the Jayhawks. Yeah. Tell me about them. Why did you pick Kansas, first of all? Uh, because of Aaron Miles and Kirk Heinrich. <laughs> Those are some names right there. I, Former well, Chicago Bulls slash Washington Wizards slash Atlanta Hawks, Kirk Heinrich. I love, I mean, I, and for school, it was kind of between CU, Iowa State, and Kansas for me. Okay. And... I just wanted to go to Kansas, literally for the basketball. It's the only reason I chose to go. I was there. gonna say, I was gonna say, I don't know how many times the phrase has been uttered. I'm just really, I just really want to go to Kansas. I mean, I don't regret it at all. I'll tell you that. But yeah, that was the big. It wasn't obviously the only reason, but it was a big part. It's never I just, one. I wanted reason, to get out of Boulder, so yeah, going to Kansas was good. Damn, Boulder, shade. Yeah, Who wants I grew to up say there. <laughs> hey, we we grew up there. We had to we had to try something new. You know, we it's didn't. It's a great want to place. Home. I just wanted to leave. Yeah, yeah I get that. Everyone kind of. Yeah. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people. You know, you get this sense that you want to leave your hometown. I mean, it's part of why I came to Denver. Is that like, I've always lived on the East Coast. I mean, I've always lived in the anywhere from like Southern Pennsylvania down into DC. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted something different. So I get it. Gotcha. Um, what is the coolest part of living in Kansas? The coolest part of living in Kansas was yes. the thunderstorms for me personally. Because coming from Colorado, okay. you don't get rain much. And you get right. real thunderstorms in Kansas. Okay. Not real thunderstorms. No, but I, like, I like realistically, rain. it is the basketball is the coolest thing. The tradition <laughs> I, it is everything of the whole town. That's all they care about, and you feel it. And I don't know. I've been to a yeah. lot of college arenas, pro arenas, and there's no buzz like the Fieldhouse. What What brings you? Do you Do you cover other teams or? No, no, no. Just, no. just like I've been like, yeah, I've been to like the Garden. I've been to, um, just like a few other arenas bigger arenas yeah it just never like i went to ut i went to iowa state and like they have good environments but it i need to go to like duke because but like even still like they have like seven thousand duck fooks (laughs) i went to maryland so that that was a thing for us um but you know one of the things i will say about that kind of effect is that like when you're in a place where there aren't the the attention isn't super divided the, I think the passion and the intensity kind of becomes sure. a lot it's more like Alabama genuine football and authentic. Or right. Oklahoma City, you know, they have a great they have a great environment. Kansas City does have some pro teams, but they don't have a basketball team. 
Right. And so it's the Jayhawks, and that's it. Yeah, Evan, you know what's crazy about watching Jayhawk games is you can see how loud it is when they're on Mm -hmm. TV, and then when they do the camera shot, when they pull back, you realize that it's not like there's like four or 5,000 people all like crunched on you. It's actually a big arena. It's like there's there's 16,300. Yeah, like it's borderline NBA size, and they pack it to the gills every night. And you know, mm-hmm. it's one of those old school field house styles where the court, the you know, fans are right on top of you. That's what's great about college. You don't have these like hockey rinks where the fans are further back. Everybody's right sure. on top mm-hmm. of you, and it's just filled to the brims. It's got to be so loud. It just it looks so electric every time they play. Like I will that's a real it. home court advantage. I gotta just mention my my uh, freshman year at Kansas. We lost to Michael Beasley and Kansas State, our first loss that year. Uh, Maryland. Maryland This is the year they won the title, too. And so we lost to them. And two weeks later, we played on college game day, Saturday night. And it's the loudest I've ever heard anything that, like, wasn't, like, artificial noise. And Mm. it was, like, 120-plus decibels. It was crazy. It was crazy. That is pretty hype. No, that's, like, a lot of fun. Michael Um, Beasley. So, Evan, let's transition here a little bit. When mm-hmm. uh, when the Nuggets – yeah, I'm sure you saw that they were rumored to draft Brown because, you know, they brought him in as a workout. When the pick is made, like, what's going through your mind? Uh, I was just – it's a match made in heaven for me because I, I truly – Nuggets are my team now, and I love Christian Brown. I, obviously, everyone said it's a little too early for him to go, mm-hmm. but – I mean, I, I, I can see that argument because I don't think he's offensively anything great, but I was super happy for him and for the Nuggets. I think he fits in pretty well here. Do you think if he stayed, he would have come out significantly more polished? Like one more year? Yeah. I mean, because I, 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 I mean, he improves every year. He definitely right. improved every year. So he would, I don't know if his draft stock would have gone up, but he might have been a better player. Right, where like he would have been a better player for sure. I don't know if he would have gotten drafted higher. Would you be categorically different? Right, yeah, because you're a year a little bit. You're a year better, but you're also a year older, and teams are not factor that in. And yeah, who knows? Maybe his stats stagnate a little bit, and you see people maybe plummet for that all the time. Right, and it's not like he's a locked top ten guy. He's like a borderline first rounder who won the title and got his moment and took advantage of it. So that being so, said, I think he's going to be a good NBA player. Can you talk a little bit more about his development? Like you've been watching him for three years. What was he like, you know, when he came in and then mm-hmm. what did you kind of view him as, as a freshman? Like, what did you think he could get to and did he exceed your expectations or how did he do? Oh yeah. He's exceeded him for sure. I mean, he's drafted after a junior year, but as a freshman, he comes in, he shoots like 44% from three. And I think there's, Oh, Here's another good college white shooter. He's going to come in, fill his role, do what he needs to. And, you know, I could tell he was athletic even as a freshman, but you can really see him get stronger and stronger and way more athletic as he got older. And to the point where, I mean, he's one of the elite athletes in this year's draft. He just doesn't have quite the skill set to use his full athleticism. Okay. But there's a lot of players like that. Like personally, I think he's a poor man, Andre Iguodala. Like, Ooh, interesting. I want that'd be ideal for the Nuggets. Really good defense, 
mm-hmm. slash, dunk on people, hit the occasional three. And that's basically it. And so, like, obviously, Iguodala had higher upside and was an all-star. And I don't see Christian Brown hurt, ever being but, an all-star. You know, I see you. I see what you're saying. I could see him being a solid starter. The flexibility. For a yeah. team that goes deep. Especially around Jokic. Because him with Jokic is huge. Because he can slash. He can do stuff that Aaron Gordon does, for example. Yep. And he can finish every bit as good as ever Aaron Gordon. At least. Yeah, I think, Evan, I think you'll agree with this. It's like, he'll have plenty of games where he doesn't jump the page with you with his stats. But there'll be that random run where he'll go baseline, somebody else like forgets to play help side and gets like a crazy dunk to get the crowd going. Oh yeah. And then the other team's gonna call timeout because they're like, Man, we're getting picked apart by Jokic and Murray, and now we let this guy do this to us. Now you got that looking... white guy in the corner dog the ball. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, no, that's there's truth to that. Like that yeah. it's, it's, quote it's is like thing. you guard me with anyone, just don't put a white guy on me. Like and <laughs> oh, man. It, it like there's an element to that. You uh, they underestimate him, and boom! All of a sudden, he's jumping 38 inches, and it's too late. Ray, I think you told me uh, in a previous pod that you think he's going to be a fan favorite. Uh, what was he, what was he like at, at Kansas, Evan? Was he like one of the favorite players of everybody? I wasn't on campus or in the town, so it's hard. To, I I I gather he was because he was the second best player on the team. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then on top of that, he is like that kind of energy guy as well, where he'll. And to be fair, Agbaji was that too. That's why they were so good because they would both do the little things as well. You think he was the second best guy on the team? McCormick yeah, sure. and Agbaji. He's better than oh, he's which better one? Than McCormick by a lot. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not in college game because college McCormick could like he could body some college kids because he was just yeah. bigger. But but McCormick, you see that sometimes there are yeah, guys he didn't who have. Like, Oh, wow. They, congratulations. You bodied a bunch of 20-year-olds. Yeah, exactly. I saw McCormick play in high school, and I couldn't believe that that body was a high schooler. <laughs> He's insane. And, like, to be fair, he went up against Baycott in the final, and he did well because Baycott – but I think yeah. Baycott's – actually, we've talked about this, Pete, a little bit. I think Baycott's a stud. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's coming yeah, back. Brown was – Brown, sorry, was definitely the second-best player on – Kansas this year. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. I maybe even the best. I don't know. Like I do like Igbaji, but Brown as little. Who do you think will be the better NBA player between those two? Uh probably they're both kind of role players in the NBA. Neither will be a star. if I had to put a gun to my head, it'd be Igbaji because he can shoot the lights out and he's athletic, strong can D D up but braun has a little bit higher brown has a little bit higher ceiling okay i was gonna say i i I think it's fair to say abaji is better today and we don't have a big sample size but come on as Nuggets fans we're gonna talk about brown shutting him down in that that summer league game (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and that's what i'm saying like he can go two for ten and still be a super effective player for you like he doesn't have to score Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I do feel like he's kind of like, kind of reminds me of Gary Harris in that way. Yeah. You know? No, that's a good comparison. Actually. Yeah. I feel like, like Gary way at his best. Like he's way the, bigger than Gary Harris. He is. Yeah. He's a lot longer than Gary. Uh, and, and I think for both of them, they are at their best when they can 
I'm really I'm a lot higher on him playing shooting guard than I am at small forward. I think partly because I think he will have better physical advantages at that position. And of all the film that I watched on him, that seemed like where he was most the most effective offensively was where he was able to kind of use his size, use his length, use his strength to uh, get downhill, going to the rim. And that kind of like gives him, you know, gives him some confidence where, where you know, the, the more, you know, don't, you know, we've, we've had in the past some guards get played at the small forward spot, at the power forward spot, stuff like that, where, you know, it kind of mitigates those sort of advantages that they might have. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm curious as to where he lands, because I do feel like he could be like an Andre Iguodala type where like he fully develops out physically and he does maintain those physical advantages. That's like best at the same time. That's yeah. Like a poor man. Andre Iguodala is best. (laughs) Worst case scenario. I kind of see the same, some similar flaws as Gary Harris, where when Gary didn't have those physical advantages, when he wasn't the stronger player, when he couldn't go up and dunk on you uh, driving through the lane, you know, he kind of struggled not just with his offense as a whole, but kind of with his confidence too. For in sure. terms of his shooting ability, um, but you and, know, and, and Christian's he's shooting along. is good still. I mean, he shot he's further along thirty nine forty percent last year. So. Rookie year, Gary was not good at basketball. <laughs> right. I mean, he was. He was obviously he's, he Gary Harris still is good at basketball. So I I'm not gonna say that. Um, that's a hot take. You know. Um, I just want to say, you know, EJ303 on Twitter, you can add him with that. Um, but a lot of people just turn the podcast off. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I mean we, we're all honest here. That's the important thing. Okay. Everybody here is telling you what they think and how they feel, and no one's holding right. back. So unfiltered. We, I think a lot about um, to shift a little bit. I think a lot about what it means to be a good organization in like professional sports. You know, I think about like the NFL, the NBA. Uh, those are the kind of the two leagues I watch the most. But also, you know, like some some I was going to say international football. And um, I don't, I'm not going to lie, I don't watch baseball. I'm sorry, I've played more cricket than I have baseball. Um, but as, as a Kansas fan, you know, what do you see? How do you view their program as a whole? And kind of what makes it, what makes it effective? In, in, you mean for college if, or like compared yeah. to the NBA? Uh, kind of both. Like what what makes it effective in college, and then what things the do you feel like could translate? Right. So like the historicalness, like Kansas really is in terms of college basketball on that like Boston Celtics, Los Angeles Lakers. They're called mm-hmm. the blue blood for a reason. So that's a huge part. Is you just have the like kind of built-in aura almost of like oh this is the big guy yeah and on top of that i mean great facilities everyone there that's like i said that's all they care about and for a while we had adidas the nuggets could learn from that um (laughs) at least that's the rumor no but yeah i mean i think there's a lot of the in college it really comes down to the head coach bill self is the reason we're as good as we are. And before that, Roy Williams. And you see it with programs like uh, like even North Carolina, even though they have so many titles in this century, you'll see them get a coach. And for like three, four years, they'll be out. They didn't even make the NIT one year. And it's like yeah. that all comes back to their coach because like you're in North Carolina. 
like you had Michael Jordan, you're the most historic program in college basketball, arguably. The How are, are you ever outside of the top 25? And it, it has to be the coach because everything else is A plus, A plus, A plus. And then yeah. somehow this dude from, you know, Villanova comes in and is rec- out recruiting you, beating you in basketball. And it's like, how is that consistently happening? Yeah, I think, uh, Evan, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree. It's like, it's crazy how good Kansas has been this entire century. I mean, they've won the conference virtually every single year. And uh, I think Bill Self, even though he's in the Hall of Fame, like he's gotten mm-hmm. his due, I don't think mm-hmm. he's quite gotten the credit he deserves because now he's won two titles. And he's always been a guy that struck me as like so good at towing the line between getting the five-star in there but also finding the right pieces around them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Evan, yeah. you and I know that the tournament is crapshoot. Like, he's had plenty of teams, probably better than this year's team, that didn't yeah. win it. Definitely. But, um, yeah, finding a Christian Brown, he's not like the first guy like this that Bill Self's had. He's had great role mm-hmm. players on all his teams. For and, sure. uh, Ray, the thing you have to know about Kansas is, like, they're a defense-first program. That's why mm-hmm. they're so good. The years that they win it all is like when the offense and the defense are both elite. But they're good at defense pretty much every single year. And so this isn't just like Christian Brown was drafted because he's a defensive prospect. No, he's been playing great defense for years now because that's like expected of you. Like yeah, a it's, like it's like with yes. Wiggins. When Wiggins came out, everyone was like, oh, my God, this guy could be the next Kawhi Leonard defensively. And you can see it. Austin Rivers levels of hype. And it's it's it, you saw it a little bit this year too with Wiggins in the finals and against Luca and finally all, like, yeah it was like but everyone he put knew it all he had together that. yeah all the was, little things and and at Kansas he I'm telling you Wiggins at Kansas defensively was out of this world and that's just yeah you, if you don't play defense you're not playing period yeah and I think oh, that's cool I have a lot of respect for that and Ray I think another interesting thing with that is. It's not just the role player mindset. I think when you play at a program like Kansas that is good and plays in so many big games, these mm-hmm. guys know how important each possession is. Mm-hmm. So when Brown gets out there, he knows that he's not the type of guy that needs to conserve energy on offense the way maybe say, okay, this is the all-time example of somebody at the other end of the spectrum, but James Harden, right? He's taking breaks on defense. Or, or Russell Westbrook. Same, right same kind of thing yeah so I, I do think that happens a lot though where if a guy's a stud on his team like i'll just say some random team like nc state if you're like the guy and you get drafted mm-hmm. dennis smith jr right you're now coming to the nba you want to prove yourself as offense you know i can score i can pass you might not be thinking about oh i need to pay attention just as much to the other end of the floor that's how i'm a stay on the floor and keep my job we know that that's going to be brown's mentality because he knows why what he's out there to do. Yeah. He's just yeah. going to be fighting for minutes. Like whatever the coach this wants, year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I, I mean, I think he'll, I don't think it'll be that tough for him for, to see the floor in the sense that uh, there are certain things that Michael Malone looks for in a guy before he's willing to play them. And I don't think offensive is one of them. <laughs> Uh, right. Not, not to say that, not to be disrespectful to anybody that he's, he's willing to play. It's just that, that sort of threshold is like he wants to trust guys who are willing and able to do the little things. And um, whether Christian Brown's shot is going in or not, whether he's 
getting to the rim easily or not. I mean, we know he's going to play defense. We know he's going to rebound. So, I mean, I think that's going to keep him in the conversation. The thing I'm really looking for for this year is I don't expect him to crack the rotation like consistently, but I would love it if he's getting some run on those back-to-backs when we just need to give a guy's break. Like, let's say you're playing Minnesota on a Mm back-to-back. You don't want KCP guarding Anthony Edwards for 30 minutes. Put Brown out there. He's got a bigger body. You know, maybe have him wear Edwards down a little bit and and get some experience guarding, you know, some of the top guys and young studs in the league. And I think that's something where he can really grow and gain confidence and show Malone and show his teammates that, like, hey, this guy's willing to put his body on the line to help the team win at all costs. Right. Definitely. I mean, I I think if if – Nowhere on the roster is this more applicable than I think at the shooting guard position. I mean, you know, with a little wiggle room as far as like actual position, but between Christian Brown, KCP, Bruce Brown, and Davon Reed, I just feel like those are four guys who they can play mm-hmm. to the point that I don't think there's a reason that any of them should be burnt out come, For you sure. know, game 75, something like that. Where if if you can't get KCP some rest in this situation, you just don't believe in rest. You know, you you're just like, yeah, I'm just gonna play the guy until he right. can. And I, I I loved that the Nuggets signed KCP too because, I mean, he's just a seasoned vet to me. He's a pro. Yeah, he he's been there. And I mean, I I I really did change my mentality changed with him when the with the bubble championship he won. I mean, I hate the just Lakers, because but, he just yeah. did everything that they asked him to. He he made yeah. big shots. He defended at a really high level, even though I don't view him as like a great defender. But he was a good defender. He's not and, quite Leonard, but you know. yeah, I just I just see him as the way he's handled his business the last couple of years. I just respect it, and he's been quiet and done his thing. And I think that Brown can learn. Brown can learn from that and just soak sure. it up. Because that's yeah. kind of what Brown wants to be. Like, try to be a team's fourth or fifth best player where you can contribute to winning a title. And that's what KCP is. And I mean, that, who doesn't want to win a Brown, title? Brown can, yeah. Like, if you get drafted, okay. I mean, if you get drafted to the Orlando Magic, you it's know, a it's, a little, it's a little bit different. Yes, you, know, you can play hard, play defense, but like... You, it's, it's a, it hits a little bit different when you're doing it for a title. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. that. That's how I'll put it. Um, but to kind of get to uh, just broader Nuggets things, I mean, Evan, I'll ask you this. How many wins do you feel like? I mean, I feel like the Nuggets could win 70 games if they wanted to, if that's what they cared that's about. That's absurd. If, if it's all they – all I'm saying is if it's all they cared about. I, I know because I don't, I don't think they should take this approach. But I think some teams have in the past where they're like, yeah, we need to make a statement and we need to play all our guys every game and we're going to win every game and all that. You know, I, I get that. Um, so I, I guess. I feel like I hate the Nuggets now. <laughs> well, I mean, now that I've Ray's set expectations for you. He oh, thought yeah, we were going to sweep. I mean, 60 wins is realistic. He thought we were going to sweep last year. Thought what? Okay, look, here's the thing. I usually, 99.99% of the time, I will not lie. I will not lie to you. I will give my honest opinion. 
in that moment when we were down three three zero, were we down three zero? Is that what it was? Yeah. Or did we win a game? We were down three zero. Um, we were pretty. We were in a dark place. Okay, in the Nuggets extended universe, the whole community at large. I mean, I, I almost viewed it at that point. I still had like, hope myself, honestly, at the time. You're a te- like it's almost not like, a lot, but I still thought there was a chance. When I'm on a team, like if we're down, you know, like that, you, you just want to be. Uh, there's no harm, and, <laughs> and in being with Jokic, anything is possible. I truly think anything is possible. They He's proved that special. in prior seasons that anything is possible, right? And and you know, I just wanted to pick people up a little bit, so I made the claim that the Nuggets are going to come back from a three-zero deficit uh, to the Phoenix Suns, and um, they did not. I'll say that. Yeah, Jokic, Jokic is ridiculous because his, his baseline game is, like, so good. But right. when he gets that look in his eye, you know, once or twice a year when he's just like, F this, I'm going to go off, there's not mm-hmm. anybody in the world that can stop. Like, no. the, the, you know, people, we've argued about what's the best game this year from him. Was it the Clippers game or the Pelicans game? I mean, they were both fantastic, but I thought we lost the Pelicans game. If you go back and rewatch, we were down by 10 with like three minutes to go. Teams don't win those games. And he just was unstoppable in the last three minutes of the fourth quarter and overtime. Like, there's nothing you just need to focus. You need a clarity of thought. You know, it's a thing. Like, okay, so I I, I bowl a lot, kind of semi competitively. And there's something too, like, sometimes you need to strike out and you have to sit down and, and, you know, take a deep breath and either you're going to do it or you don't, but there's no way you're going to do it if you don't believe you can do it. Right. And, and so, I mean, I think Nugget, uh, sorry, Nicola has that. I think you just, you, know, you can kind of just sit down and be like, okay, summon that Enot and then just go do it. Um, and like, so, if we had Murray this year, I don't see why we couldn't beat the Warriors. Like, so wow. it's part of, so part of this, Jokic is so good. He's better than, like, for example, when the Nuggets, the best Nuggets team of all time, the 57 win team in uh, 2013. I feel like just having him on the team, even with Michael Porter out, even with Jamal Murray out, I feel like the Nuggets of this past season were more talented than that team. Just, just in the sense that they have two time MVP. I, yeah, mean, I mean, and the, versus like you're talking about a team led by like, was Ty Lawson the best player or was Danilo Gallinari the best player? I mean, come on. Like, so to that extent, to that point, right? Because looking back at that series, the Warriors probably had like both the two best players in the series, Curry and Thompson. So it just raises my expectations, I guess, for what I think the Nuggets can accomplish. And, and so I'm not saying the Nuggets will win 70 games, partly because the reasons I mentioned. Is I mean, like, one I don't seed think should you, be the goal. You shouldn't. Like, I don't think you should be trying to win 70 games. It's not necessary. You don't need to do all that. If you're winning 70 games, you would probably be fine winning 60 games and getting your guys a little bit more rest. But I think they can be that good. Uh, so, uh, you don't have to give one total because I did just, you know. I'd say like 58. I, cap- I caped pretty hard right oh, there. I would love that. But Break the 58 and 60 wins. I'll take, give me the best season of all time. Seed. I'll take that. Try to be yeah. the one seed. Home court throughout. If the Warriors win 65, I'll, I'll respect it. But at least let's. this should be the best Nuggets team of all time. Like, it, it is the best Nuggets team of all time. I, I think by any, like, objective. You got some wood around you that you can knock on real quick, right? I got it. 
Yes, thank you. I feel better now. I agree, though. I mean, Jokic is truly an all-time great already, and he will just mm-hmm. add to his legacy. And Jamal Murray is forgotten about. He bit. would be the Jamal would be the best player on the 2013 team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah probably. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what we're talking about? And like yeah. he's probably going to be the third leading scorer. I mean, the leading score on that team was like Gallo at like 17 or 18 a game, I think. So yeah, Ty and Gallo both kind of like were in that mm-hmm. that like 16 and a half points, something like that. Yeah. So maybe 17. I don't know. You know, Ray. I just remembered one quick comment before we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Connolly gave an interview recently. I don't remember who, but I did I see call, it on I the subreddit. But they listen. asked him about Calvin Booth, and Tim Connolly said Calvin Booth is the smartest basketball mind I've ever been around. And that was just like, wow, that's excellent for us. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I'm really optimistic about Calvin, Calvin Booth. I mean, I'm optimistic. Obviously, I'm all optimistic all the time. But hey, we loved his offseason. I love his offseason. I mean, you know, I don't love DeAndre Jordan or Ish Smith, but like. Yeah, eight minus, but I mean, getting KCP and Bruce Brown. <laughs> the other, there, if, but see, if so my I just least favorite up. moves are the bottom two, that's not. The bottom DeAndre two Jordan's making $375,000 this year. Right. And, and so, so, like, it's a very movable deal. Uh, they still have the traded player exception if they want to bring in a better center, which I think they should be thinking about. <laughs> I mean, I'm open to being wrong. I'm open to being wrong. I think he's a little washed. I think he's kind of. Oh, yeah. No, he's definitely washed. He's kinda, I do think he's at that bump status. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do think that they'll years. address it, Ray. Like, I, I think they're going to give it a shot. And if it completely <laughs> flames out, you can either make a trade or cut-ish, or do something. I'm sure they'll do something if they realize, mm-hmm. like, hey, we're good enough. This we is untenable. Piece we have to fix. I think they'll do something. And, like, they've, it's better than not having a center. Hey, Boogie's still a free agent. He is. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wonder if maybe they didn't expect the center market to play out how it did, because I think there are a number of guys who are still available who I, I might take over to Marcus Cousins respectfully but at the same time maybe they wouldn't have taken the minimum contract let's get one of the plumleys in here i i would not mind no. i'll take mason i don't want the other plumleys mason is like already enough plumley for me in my life <laughs> like but um you know mason i i trust him to do what he does he can't score outside of four feet from the basket but hey so do you want Jokic to play power forward more then is that what you're thinking and just put a big body next to him kind of like how I, minnesota's i doing? would like that have an i would like to have that option i like that okay. as an option for Jokic, just in the sense that like that. especially this year with nicola you know the last three seasons have been some of the highest just subjectively like in my opinion the workload, the amount of just work he's done for this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, top five, maybe, you know, just in terms of the minutes totals, the production, sure. the leadership, the the reliability, you know. Uh, he's going to play in Eurobasket in a few weeks. And then he's going to come play an NBA season where he has to play 82 games. And, you know, and then he has to play in the playoffs. And, and then, you know, like, Nicola is the type of guy, and I respect it a lot, but he's the type of guy that, is never going to be like, hey, I need a break. He's not. Mm-hmm. I respect that, but I do think that give him a break. You know, if you can't 
if you can't rest him, you know, if at least make it so he doesn't have to get 15 rebounds on a Tuesday night just to beat the Orlando Magic. You know what I mean? And I, I think having a, another option next to him that could kind of take off. He needs a goon. Mm-hmm. He needs yeah, a goon. Yeah, for sure. You know, <laughs> no disrespect to goons are valuable. In high school, yeah. I was a goon. <laughs> With all due respect. Hey, like, oh my God. I people, people to get in there and do the dirty work, man. Yeah, I did all different. the dirt. This is what we do. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm happy. So I'm really happy with the moves that um, Calvin Booth has made overall. That he even has a backup center, I think, is meaningfully different than last year when we went with like no options. Uh, and you never know. Maybe Demarcus will be good. Maybe Ishmith will be good. We'll see. Uh, and, and they still got room. They've still got options. I mean, not. I'm not going to say they make a big move, obviously, but they've got options. Mm-hmm. I got one last thing before we get out of here. I forgot to ask Evan. Evan, I, I mentioned on a previous pod that like I was always blown away every time somebody from Kansas came to play at the Nuggets, like Devontae Graham. There'd be like tons of Kansas fans there. Now yeah, that we have yeah. Christian Brown, do you think that the Kansas fans are just going to be out in full force at Ball Arena all year? Oh, yeah. I, I It's funny because I remember I went to a Cavs game when LeBron was there, and I went for LeBron. But then Darrell Arthur's chilling on the Nuggets bench. And who am I yelling at all game? Darrell Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of Christian Brown, Brown, Kansas fans. I got to stop saying Brown. It's okay. (laughs) But, yeah, no, the Kansas fans will be in full force. And they moved to Denver, a lot of them. So, makes sense. I'm really looking forward to, like, two to three years down the road when the Nuggets are in, like, the Western Conference Finals. And Christian Brown is like making annoyingly good plays, and then you know Stephen A. or some analyst is like yelling about him and calling him Braun. For <laughs> sure, it's uh, that's how it looks. So <laughs> <laughs> fair. Uh, so I guess unless you guys want to, unless there's something you guys wanted to touch on, I mean, do you guys want to wrap there? I think I'm good. Rock chalk, I'm good. Any any can any uh, like low key Kansas information we need to know? Grady Dick's going to be really good. Grady Dick. Yep. What position? That's He's a real a name. Shooting guard, small forward. Okay. okay. I believe, I, I'll keep an eye out. Uh, yeah. Is he coming out after this year? He's going to be a freshman this next year. He, okay. I, I maybe he comes out, he maybe will, he doesn't. You don't sure. know. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. Maybe he has a good year and he comes out. Maybe he doesn't and he doesn't. But okay. I've watched his high school mixtapes and. Yeah, I'm in. Are you guys the favorite in the Big 12, or is there another? Did you guys lose too many guys? Uh, it's us and Baylor pretty much every year now. Baylor's yeah. always super tough, but okay. that's can why I, we I, won the last two titles. Can I, real quick, as someone that has driven through Kansas a few times, can I shout out the eastern half of Kansas for having grass and trees? Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> with all the disrespect, like. Yes, I really appreciate it. I think it. you're being generous by saying half. I mean, I think you mean like the eastern. Yeah, eight. exactly. <laughs> you get past Topeka, and then there's finally some rolling hills and trees. And you're like, oh, this isn't brown grass. This is nice. <laughs> Look, yeah. I just said grass. I didn't say what color. Dude, western Kansas and eastern Colorado is not a place to be. There's free land out in eastern Colorado, and I assume western Kansas, because <laughs> people are just like, I mean, I get it. I was I, I was there. I was at the gas station. I was like, oh, yeah. Go yeah. live there if you want. 
Hey, uh, right. Ray, when we get big one day, we can buy that land and build the podcast together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, solar panels. Uh, we'll get water What's up, from our stool. Get at us. We'll, we'll get water sure. from. You know, we'll make sure that it's close enough. We'll dig a well, old school. This is, this will have to be like a 17 mile deep well because this is like one of those plans. It's like uh, move to Eastern Colorado, build a podcast studio, question mark, question mark, question mark, profit. No, Eastern Colorado ain't the move, people. Don't worry, we'll yeah, get some five we'll guys see. to go before we head out there. That's what we need. That'll keep us going. Uh, anyway, so for uh, Peter, Buckets is 88, myself, Ray at Ray Von Hackshaw, Evan. Um, at EJ303. This has been Four Corners. As always, like I said earlier, you can find us at Four Corner Pod. Our DMs are open for comments, suggestions, shout outs, recommendations, all that good stuff. So uh, have a great day. And as always, go Nuggets. Let's go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. Yeah, baby.